Welcome to After the Paycheck, the series dedicated to helping people to and through the retirement process. This week, I am here with Sam Lang, founder and CEO. You always have different glasses. Every you time know I why? Because here. I sat down. I'm like, these are my these are my reading glasses, and I can't <laughs> even see. So I'm taking them off. <laughs> I love it. Like uh, I actually finally went to the eye doctor. Is, is my age thing. showing? Is that why? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I just love. I like. I'm someone who likes to have options when I. But I've yeah. had the same pair of sunglasses or same pair of glasses for like three years now. And um, uh, my daughter Daphne, you know, two and a half. Got a hold of them the other oh. day, and they have a big gouge right in the middle Gonzo. of the, the lens. Yep. Yeah. So I'm getting a new pair, and I'm like, oh, like I was looking at frames the other day, so they're on my mind. So I, I always think of you. Always have a couple of different pairs of glasses, and I thought that I got was, I got driving glasses. I have reading glasses. So now you are actually saying your age. Now there you go. <laughs> you know, as soon as I turn fifty, all of a sudden I need glasses. I, I recently I found out I have a, a an astigmatism. So all these years, ah. like I yeah, I, I have new glasses now that I gotta hopefully correct that. Yeah, make things better. One of these days, I'm getting LASIK. So I keep saying no, that, too. I keep yeah. saying that. I keep saying that. <laughs> uh, we are back for our first episode of After the Paycheck this year. It's been, it's been, uh, it's been a while since we've, we've hung out and really for seen sure. each other. Yeah. Especially working remote. So yeah. it's great to be here. Yeah, it is always great to get out of the house and kind of and actually see, see human being. You know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what we did is over the over the holidays, we actually did a survey and asked people who are watching after the paychecks what some topics are that they want to have mm. discussed over uh, starting the new year. And one of them was about um, what to do if you've inherited money. Um, so we're going to play a couple of different things here, and we're going to talk about different types of inheritance you can receive, uh, how you can access those, that type of inheritance, and what your options are really, and what the what the consequences are of some of the sure. actions that you might you might take. But I really wanted to kind of take a moment to understand that number one, if you've inherited money, there, there's probably some sort of a grieving process process you're going to have, right? Um, had a conversation with somebody just the other day, and she said, you know, my husband died three months ago. I don't know really quite what to do. And then I ta started talking to her about where she's living. So she lives in the suburbs. Um, I said, well, you're going to stay there? She said, no, you know, I'm looking at this place. I'm going to maybe rent at that place. And the first place she went to was too small. The second place was perfect. I followed with an email, and she said, I kind of wish I didn't sign the lease because I found this other place that I wanted to buy, but you know, maybe I shouldn't buy it because I already have two mortgages. I have three. Now it's going to be three houses. And I said to her, I said, listen, slow down. Take a deep breath. Yeah. Because you wouldn't even have time to grieve. Right. And now you're so you're taking on like so much on your plate. Like it's too early. Right. So, I mean, that's a long-winded answer. But yeah, you, you have to have some time to grieve, to think, mm -hmm. to sort of reset. Because now you're entering a different part of your life, especially when a spouse dies. That's a good point. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, yeah, I think initially the question was like, oh, what to happen if you inherit money from like a parent or like a you know a estranged uncle or something like sure. that. But you're raising a really good point here. Like if and those are emotions that you still have to process. Yeah. But if you have a spouse that passes, away, very that's, different. That's emotion. a very different kind that's of emotion. heavy duty. So yeah, I think step number one before we go into the rest of what what we're going to talk about here is just take a moment. If you are someone who has come into some sort of uh, inheritance. Just take a moment to breathe and kind of process your emotions. Yeah, you know, we've been in business long enough that we actually have clients that pass away. Yeah. So we'll have a beneficiary, a wife, a kid, call and say, okay, you know, my so-and-so my died last week. What do I need to do now? You know what? You don't re really need to do, like, anything immediately. Right. It's obviously time 
that you know there's certain accounts that you have some um, some time time uh, limits to taking care of things, but yep. it's not like it's got to be done tomorrow. Right, right, so, right. Like you said, you should take time to just take a deep breath and 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 reset and then think. Right. You mentioned time limits, so let's actually start to get into the topic, okay. so that way we can find out what those time limits are for some of the types of inheritance you might receive. So the first one um, is something that I fear you, I've been working with you guys long enough that I understand that there's kind of a difference here where it's money, but that money could be cash or it could be in like a, a trust or something like that, right? And that's two different types of ways to inherit money, right? There's a lot of different types of money. money it, okay. could be, it could be after-tax money, it could okay. be pre-tax money like a 401k, um, I'm, I'm sure you can ask me about that. Yep. Uh, but you brought up trusts. Oftentimes, people inherit money that's in a trust. Okay. And if it's in a trust, chances are there's a reason why it's in a trust. Maybe it's to avoid probate. But a lot of times we find that maybe maybe you're referring to a situation where like a parent could have passed away, yeah. left some money to a child. Now, a child's not a child anymore. It's an adult. Uh, uh, it's a grown, you know, um, What's person, the word? person, <laughs> person. <laughs> you like me, um, but there might be language in there that says, "This is how I want you to take the money out." Not at once. Maybe it's designed for the benefit of that person because maybe the parent knew. Okay. Hey, you know what? He's not very good with money, and he'll he'll blow it too quickly. Right. Or maybe I don't like his uh, I don't like his wife, and she'll get him to you know buy the house that he can't afford. That type gotcha, of thing. Gotcha. Yeah. So if it's left in trust, it might be it might be done by design, and it might say. And sometimes we've set up trust. We've helped clients set up trust to say, "Hey, look, why don't we give uh, the child could be an adult child the the money over say five years, ten years, twenty years, yep. and to give him you know a little bit of income every year or." just to prevent that person from spending all the money at once. So that might be something like in a, in a trust. Okay. If, nope. if that's what you're asking. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So like, uh, so how will I know if my inheritance is in a trust? So do, does like a lawyer oh, call know. me or you're, do I call like somebody like? Well, if you're a beneficiary, at some point you're gonna know. Okay. You know, somebody dies, there's paperwork and that keeps coming and you know, it gets piled up. And if, if the, the first thing you'll see, this is probably the title so if it's, in my case, it's not in my name anymore. It's in the Sam Lang Revocable Trust or the Sam Lang Irrevocable okay. Trust. So, okay. you know, that's, that's a pretty good hint that it's in a trust. Trust, yeah. And it's probably put in a trust for a reason to avoid probate. There might be a, an attorney okay. that helped that person with the trust. So, you know, naturally that, that attorney should get notified. And you just have to, you know, get that ball rolling, get that process rolling. What is that process like? So let's say like I am someone who is inheriting a part of a trust or a trust has been you know, bequeathed to me. Uh, how do I access? Is it like just a simple the lawyer cuts a check and it comes to me or the bank that the trust was done? I mean, it, it, like, it, you're, you're oversimplifying it, okay. but it could okay. be. So uh, I'll give an example, personal example. Okay. My mom died four and a half years ago and she had a house, a little bit of money in the bank and a small IRA. And there's five children. I'm the youngest of five kids. I have four older sisters. And my mom named me as the trustee. Okay. She died in April. And the trust was dissolved by like August. Okay. So four, four months or so later. And what was in the trust was a house. So I was the representative of that trust. I put up the house. You know, I um, interviewed realtors, sold the house, got the money into the trust. We paid all of the estate okay. debts. There wasn't any. And then I just 
cut checks. Okay. And it was that simple. And then the trust dissolved. My sisters all got their checks. You know, it was a small amount. And all the grandchildren got a, sh- got a share, those 14 grandchildren. They got a small inheritance from their grandmother, so it was a nice gesture. Nice. But it was done and over with in four months, and you could do whatever you want with that money. Okay. Okay. So once you have that money, it's kind of, you can it's do yours. it. yours. Okay. But if there's a trust, like you're saying, where there's like a larger sum of money where it could be kind of dripped to people, that's, yeah. that's an option too? Yeah. And, and it's an option, again, put in place and done by design by the, by the grantor, the person that put the money in. Okay. Because of a particular reason. Right. Okay. Maybe that maybe that beneficiary just can't handle money. Or or maybe it's a house and they want they want um, the house to stay in the family because it could be a vacation home that everybody enjoyed. Yeah. Okay. That type of thing. Okay. So now we're actually we're kind of leaning now into real estate. So let's say I inherit real estate. What are my options there? If you inherit real estate outright, yeah. chances are if it's in that person's name that died and it goes to, let's say, one person, that person gets that house with what they call stepped-up in basis. And okay. it's just a, it's a great, it's a great word because that essentially equates to there's no income tax due. Oh, okay. So stepped-up in basis is very simple. So today, let's say I buy a house for, let's say I bought a house for, I was going to say today I buy a house for $100,000. Yeah. That doesn't <laughs> exist. That's a house, terrible yeah. example. <laughs> but let's say 30 years ago, I bought a house for $200,000. Yeah. And today I sell it for a million bucks. Okay. Well, I know there's exemptions, marital exemption, 500000 this and that. But if I sold it today and there was a gain, there's some income taxes due. Right. If I died with that house that I paid $200,000 for, and today's value, that my date of death value was a million dollars, I turn around and my son inherits that house and sells it three months from now for a million dollars, he pays zero income tax oh, wow. because it's stepped up in the cost basis, which went from two hundred to hundred thousand dollars. Okay. So he sells the house, he gets a million bucks, so he can do whatever he wants with it. That's that's really good to know. So I was trying to think of like other options, like oh, if you didn't want to pay that taxes, but it sounds like would you call it stepped up basis? Stepped up basis. Right. Stepped up basis that you, there's no income tax that you pay on that gains. That's 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 very important to yeah. know because a lot of times people shoot themselves in the foot. As an example, let's say um, I'm married, I have one child. I'm 80 years old, I love my son, he's gonna get the house, who else is gonna get it, right? right. So I say, you know what, I'm just gonna sign the house over to him now, because he's gonna get it, we'll make it nice and easy, and it's out of my name, so I don't have to worry about anything. Right. Well, you just shot yourself in the foot, because that erases the stepped up in basis. Okay. So same example, I, I um, Buy the house at 200000 It's worth a million. I sign it to my son. Well, guess what? My son's basis when I die is 200000 200, not a million. Ah. So now he gets killed in taxes. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so you might you probably just made somebody $600,000. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> so that's the, the, the pro of hanging on to your house. So now I'm going as if you were the grantor, like you said, sure. the, the person writing your, your will or your estate. Um, that's something that you'd want to consider. If you're inheriting it, the house, if you, if you, or maybe you're, you're talking with somebody about this now, that might be a good thing to say, like, oh, actually, don't sign the house to me now. We actually should wait until you pass to have me. Yeah, I mean, like, like you said, there's pros and cons. And yeah. I, I think what you were leading to was, well, what's the, that sounds great, but what's the downside? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, the, the downside would be if I kept it in my name and I didn't put it into trust or really didn't do anything, 
Because all I thought of was stepped up in basis. I yeah. want my son to get it and not pay any income taxes. And let's say I go into a nursing home. Then guess what? The it, it's in the state of Massachusetts. Yeah. Well, they can essentially put a lien on the house because let's say I ran out of all my money and I'm in a nursing home. Okay. And the Commonwealth is paying my bill. Well, they want to get paid back. Okay. So that could that could be the downside for holding on to real estate. Listen, at the end of the day, there's always pros and cons and there's always a flip side to the coin. Yeah. But it's understanding what your situation is and what you should do about it to get you know, the most benefit because um, there's really no two people are alike, no two situations are alike. Right. You know? Is there, if I were to put something into a trust and then the trust was, was sent over to my son or daughter or whoever it may be, the, the beneficiary, is there is is that still qualified for the the uh, yeah done correctly basis? most times it's an irrevocable trust and they do get stepped up in basis okay yeah okay it happened to a friend of mine just you know she actually sent a mom to us many years ago mom passed away and she got the house and there was no taxes due after she sold it so it was, it was a beautiful thing nice yeah um, let's go back to kind of I guess it's still money but let's say. We were talking about like, oh, if you lose, if you lose a spouse and you inherit, let's say their four hundred one k or their IRA or anything like that, what are your options there? Can you just take that, or is it like, let's so say I'm who, under the age of fifty nine and my spouse dies? So you're talking about a spouse? Yeah, um, yeah. The spouse is the really the only person that can step into your shoes okay. and sort of have the same rules and, and rights. Um, so use, give me an example. Uh, so yeah. again, I'm I'm 55 and my wife is 56. She passes away. She has $600,000 in her 401k and another 200,000 in a Roth. Okay. Like, what are, what are my what are my options? So you would do, you would do a spousal assumption. Okay. And and basically it's just taking her name off, putting your name on. Okay. You'd have to follow the same rules now because you can't really touch that money till you're 59 and a half. Okay. All right. Whereas it's a lot different if you're not leaving it to a spouse. So maybe it's an example of, you know, your father who's 85, has a million dollar 401k, passed away and left it to, you know, his three kids. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to get complicated here, but there was recent legislation as part of the SECURE Act that sort of got tucked in. There was a lot of good things that happened with the SECURE Act that allowed sort of tax breaks for, for the general public. Yep. But one of them was really, at the end of the day, doing away with what they call an inherited IRAs or stretch IRAs. Oh, yeah. We've talked, we a talked about, we talked yeah, about yeah, that yeah. in a previous uh, ATP recording, but that's really where a, a, a non-spouse, could be a child, a cousin, a best friend, right. inherits that money. And instead of taking it out a little bit at a, at a time, like over their lifetime, yep. that's been accelerated and they have to take it out. They can take it all at once. They can leave it alone for five years and then take it all at once. But they have to take everything out within a 10-year period. Years, yeah. Which essentially means if it's a pretty big number, that just means Uncle Sam gets to get his money on an accelerated basis, which is really what he wanted. Yep, yep. So they can get some taxes from you to you know pay off some of the money that we owe as part of the national deficit. Right. That's in it. Like what you're saying makes so much more sense because let's say I am 45 and I inherit money from my parents who died. Like I said, it's $500,000. Instead of taking 
10 grand a year so that way I don't bump up into the next tax bracket, right? right? You're saying is like kind of like the loophole that I think a lot of people would do. Uncle Sam has shortened it, say, no, you got to take that within 10 years. Yeah. So now, even if I broke it over 10 years, I'm likely going to get jumped up to, well, not You're going to get whacked in taxes. Right. And essentially that, that account that could have been tax deferred for a long time yeah. is now been, been broken by year 10. Right, because you know there's been instances where we've seen people. You're 45 years old. You inherit an account. You know it earns six or seven percent, and you take out three percent. Well, guess what happens? That account's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and larger. Right, and right. That person dies and leaves it to their children, and it gets done all over it again. Generational you know? wealth, kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. That that strategy is gone. Okay. Ten years. You gotta. You gotta. You have to deplete that entire account. And if you don't, what are the repercussions? You'll, they'll probably audit you, and you'll okay. have to. You know? gotcha. okay. Either way, they're going to get. Their I'm money. not so sure what the repercussions are, but yeah, you have to really. you have to pay the tax. <laughs> Just no, <laughs> you can't. I sent out that uh, that email for the our like what the tax rates are going to be for 2021 for to our database, and I had a little Snoopy thing like, dear, oh IRS, yeah, yeah, I'm unsubscribing <laughs> for your list. <laughs> I wish it was that easy. Yeah, right. Unsubscribe. <laughs> see you later. I'm out. See you later, IRS. Um, what are some other like accounts that I'm thinking of, or other things that you could inherit that I'm that I'm not thinking of? There's well, Roth IRAs is a wonderful Roth, tool. Okay, Wonder, and we've been sort of big proponents of why it makes sense to do some Roth conversions. Right. When we Especially still actually, now. Yeah, when we still, you know, with the new administration, maybe that loophole is changing yep. or, or it's going to get closed sooner rather than later. But as we speak today, as we're recording this, there's it's still in effect. And if you do everything properly and you have a Roth IRA, mm -hmm. you can actually shelter those taxes like for, for, for a long time, forever. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's just... Even if you have to take the money out over ten years, it comes out income tax free, which is Perfect. big difference. Yeah. Versus taxable. Could I, let's say, I inherited like two hundred fifty thousand dollars of a Roth IRA, could I then reinvest that money, or yeah. would that be silly, or like? Well, it would still be in a Roth IRA. Maybe you, maybe you have a different uh, methodology on how you invest it. Maybe your father. Oh, okay. Right? I maybe your you father know, was, you know, a bank guy and he had, you know, 1% paying CDs and you're 45 and you're like, well, you know, what am I doing that for? I'll, I'll buy, a, you know, 10 different mutual funds and yep. take on some risk. So, so ultimately how you invest that money after you inherit that money and if it's your, now you're the rightful owner, yep. there might be tax consequences, but how you invest that, that's ultimately up to you. Okay. And going back to the, let's say I'm, you know, 55, my wife is 56, she passes, and I inherit her Roth IRA. Am I allowed to make any adjustments to that, even though I'm not 60 yet? Or am I allowed to, like, adjustments, like, said, meaning, like adjustments in the strategy? You can, again, that? it's your account. You can oh, do just, whatever. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. You You've can do whatever. It and you yeah, can, you, okay. you did a spousal assumption. You can do whatever you want. I mean, I think the only time it, you might not sort of, that that's not an accurate um, phrase is you might inherit something in trust. The trust might say, you know, so-and-so is the trustee and he has to invest it, you know, using bank CDs or, or, or whatever. Oh, and, you, and, and you want to do something entirely different, but the money was not in a Roth IRA or an IRA. It's just in a trust account. Okay. And the trustee essentially has full discretion on how that money is invested. Okay. So it, that might not match up with what you want to do. Right. That's kind of probably the only time I can think of that you wouldn't have to say. 
let's flip the coin here because I think we're starting to talk about it already is let's say I'm someone who is trying to think of my family in the future and I want to make sure that they are set up to be successful or have the the optimal type of inheritance like uh you were just talking about like, oh, and it's creating the trust so that way they have to do certain things this way or maybe it allows them to avoid certain, you know, probate actions or taxes. I mean, I think it comes down to where you are in your journey. Okay. Right? If somebody passes away and leaves, and I'll just use myself as an example, let's say I'm, I'm not that I'm 40 years old because <laughs> I got two pairs of glasses, <laughs> uh, but let's say I'm 40 Let's say I work for you know a big tech company and it's been bought and I, I made a killing. Mm -hmm. And I actually don't need that inheritance. So maybe I don't, in, I don't invest that money as if it was mine that I'm going to use it 10 years from now or 20 years from now. But I know I have enough money for, for myself, but I got three kids. Yep. Maybe I want to use that money for them Okay. ultimately and give them a stepping stone you know for their retirement mm -hmm. so i might that investment philosophy might be entirely different than as an example let's say i'm not 40 but i'm 62 and i got the same kids and they all went to private school and private colleges and i just didn't do a good enough job saving for my own retirement okay now i might i actually not that i was looking forward to that but i was i guess i was looking forward to that <laughs> i needed that money and and I'm going to use it, you know, three years from now when I retire. I might, I might, quote unquote, invest that money entirely different. Maybe be a little bit more conservative because I know I need. That's going to be an income strategy portfolio rather than a growth portfolio strategy. Yep. So that's I, I think where you are in life will, will have some say and probably dictate how you where the money goes. Okay. Does that make some sense? It does. Yeah. It actually brings me my next question. So let's say I have an idea of what I want my, you know, estate to be like set up for at one age and I talk to a lawyer and I, I kind of set it up in that way and then a few years go by and then I'm like, oh, things have changed. Can I then go back and make changes to that? Sure. Let's say it, like, it's your money. Okay. No differently than if it was just your money that you started with and it was yours to begin with and it was your contribution, not your not your parents' contribution that they left to you. Because okay. at the end of the day, it's your account. Gotcha. Okay. So there's no, like, as soon as I meet with a lawyer, like, this is set in stone and I cannot, uh, can't make any changes to my estate. I mean, I don't want to say it never is a situation like that because it could be. Right. Um, but in most cases, that's not the case. No, okay. Yeah. So don't be afraid to take steps to, to do something now because you're unsure of what it might be in a few years. You're better off. I shouldn't say better off, but there's always that option that you can change it later yeah i mean i think like i said earlier i think it really if you inherit money it really depends on where you are in life if yeah. you don't need the money maybe maybe you invest it one way versus if you need the money tomorrow maybe right. you're a little bit more conservative so it really depends on where you are if you're 10 years away from retirement maybe you're within five years away from retirement maybe you know you're you're 68 years old like my sister's Inherited money from my mom. My mom died at 95. Okay. At that time, my older sister, let's see, my older sister now is 77, so she was probably 73. Okay. So at that time, I was, I was 40, 49. So, you know, what I do with my money is different than what my sister at 73 did with her money. Right. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. So... Where it goes is it's depending on that person. On that person. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And if there's ever questions somebody has when they inherit money, is, are there options like where can they go? Well, you know, hopefully there's a 
there's a team of people or at least a, a confidant or a lawyer that the person passed away has helped them set up their estate plan. There's, you know, you can get information on the internet these days, right? <laughs> but I think one of the, and I used an example earlier, the woman that lost her husband, she rented a place, was mm -hmm. going to maybe buy another place. I had a conversation with her, and really what, what, and I'm not a lawyer, but, you know, when we started Rubino and Lang, Rich Rubino was a lawyer and mm -hmm. did a lot of the legal work, but we've affiliated ourselves with good partners, and this is going to sound goofy, but... You can get everything done under one roof. Yep. And that's what she said. She said, you know what, I, I was, and she was a referral to us, and one of her, one of the things that were, was appealing to her was that, yeah, you know, you guys can handle the money. You, John Ryan, can do a good job and all that and build me an income plan, an investment plan. But I need some, like, estate planning done. I need yep. to clean up my husband's, um, when he passed, his situation, go through probate, what have you, but then set myself up to make sure that my three kids, she has three sons, yep. Are taken care of, so we have we have you know affiliations and, and sort of partnerships with really good qualified folks, and that's who you should really talk to. Awesome, yeah. Uh, I'm sure that this might have raised more questions. Uh, so if you have any and you're not already at afterthepaycheck.com, feel free to head over there and fill out the form at the bottom of that with the little comment section, uh, or uh, visit uh, rowealthpartners.com and you can find out ways to contact us to get more information on estate planning if you have any questions. Or call Alan. Uh, or call me. Don't call me. Don't. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Sam, thank you very much yeah, for the time. Yeah, being here. I, I was trying to think of a quip right there, but I got nothing. Uh, right. I got nothing. Let's I just call it a day. We'll call it a day. Uh, thank you again uh, for the time. Thanks for having Good me. to see you. Yeah, good to see you yeah. too. Hopefully I'll see more of you much more in the yeah. future with everything going on. Uh, the future looks bright for this year. And again, if you're not already at afterthepaycheck.com, feel free to head over there, subscribe to future episodes of After the Paycheck and a couple of the other stuff uh, that we have going on for this year that I think you're really going to enjoy. So until next time, take care. John Conley and Ryan Marston are investment advisor representatives of Retirement Wealth Advisors, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. Rubino and Lang Wealth Partners, LLC, and Retirement Wealth Advisors are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Insurance and annuities offered through licensed professionals of RNL Insurance Agency, LLC, Mass Insurance License 1783398.